Welcome to Ed Ideas, relevant conversations for Christian education. As image bearers of God, we have been created to actually carry out this work of cultivation, unpacking, unfurling, so that making is how we be human. Anytime culture is going through transition and there's significant change, you can either look at it as, hey, this is the worst thing ever, or what an opportunity. We know that all adolescents are asking some really direction-setting questions in their life. The very first thing said about us in the Hebrew Scriptures is not that we are bad, that we are dirty, that we are sinful, that we are shameful, that we are anything. The very first thing said about us is we bear the image of God. Welcome to Ed Ideas. This is Brandon Tatum. Today I'm interviewing Adam Herndon, a youth minister at the Hills Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and Cleet Ross, who was formerly the Director of Student Culture at Oklahoma Christian Academy, and also serves as the youth minister at New Hope Church here in Oklahoma. What we focused on in our conversation was some data that I had worked on, where I found that from a student's 6th grade year to 12th grade year, they self-reported that their connectedness to God decreased. So from 6th grade to 12th grade, the sense that they felt close to God actually decreased. So we wanted to explore this. We wanted to talk about why this might be and, and just examine it together. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. And so I, we thought it was worth just kind of in through casual conversation about this graph of just opening up a dialogue about this uh, we really haven't pre-rehearsed this. We really don't have a, just a ton of, of notes about this. So we're just going to create dialogue. So if you want to text in questions about the graph as we're talking, or even just comments, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw those into the conversation. So this is really a conversation between us, but we want to really invite you in in the conversation. So give feedback. It doesn't have to just be uh, questions. Guys, what... What do you think of this? What was your, when you first saw the graph, we'll start maybe with Cleet. When you first saw the graph, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, I think for me, looking at it, it just raised a bunch of other questions, right? So is, is, this the, is this Gen Z only, right? Or is it, with the millennials, the same thing? Is it just a life stage problem where we're, we're seeing it like just kind of naturally in that phase of life, at certain points we feel natural, you know, closer to God and then during transitions? Because one of the things that stood out to me too is, I think in ninth grade year, right? It was 15%. So you're in this really, this stage of transition and, and flux because you're coming out of eighth grade, you're, you're freshman, and then again at 12th grade. So do, does those transition points have something to do with it? So kind of initially for me, it's like, it raised more questions, I think, um, and numerous questions about that stuff, but then also our, the way we do programming church um, in our schools and the classroom and all that yeah I guess one of my questions is if you're becoming less and less connected to God in those years of being a high school student what are you becoming more connected to and and so that that's been I think as I saw this graphic I just started to think you know maybe as um, they're allowed more opportunity to have more freedom or more independence in their life uh, one of the choices that they're making is to find more connection outside of the kingdom of God and possibly you know their relationship with God is changing drastically as a result of uh, those first experiences and being able to choose kind of what they really want to connect with okay both of y'all are in youth ministry you've been in youth ministry a while uh, you've been at Cleet you've been at youth ministry at one church 
or New Hope. Yeah, yeah New Hope. You've been at three churches, uh, very different kinds of churches. Um, how how have you seen, and even in your your study in in at, at Oklahoma Christian University in the Bible department or Abilene Christian? How have you seen youth ministry change in the last decade, maybe two decades? Have you seen it change much? Has it been pretty steady? Mm-hmm. He's holding up his phone. Yeah, I, I think the the way that it, that it used to be done, right? We just talked about this out in the lobby a little bit, right? Um, does not work as well now. Yeah, right? so, so explain the way it used to be done. Well, I mean, used to, you know, you know, Jeff McMillan was my youth minister, your youth minister, yeah. and so he would create Wednesday night events, Sunday night, Sunday morning class. We had these, he had great lessons. He's very conversational. Opportunities for us to have conversations um, and connect, and and that was great. It rocked, you know. But but now, students are more connected to this device than anything else, right? So they're they're plugged into Fortnite or Snapchat or whatever else that's going on. I mean, Fortnite Mobile, PUBG Mobile, um, and so to maintain a conversation with a student about something when they could be more entertained by picking that up and getting a text or sending a text or looking at Instagram or whatever. Yeah, I'm 35 and I feel like an idiot talking about (laughs) video games. You know, like, I don't know enough about some of the things that these students are so into and you just go into these conversations and you think, if I'm going to connect or relate with a middle school boy right now, I can't. You, not very many of them can you be talking about the things that interest you mm-hmm. or the things that are like really important you know, in your mind and your heart for this young person. You literally have to think, what are the things that they spend every bit of extra time they have doing if you want them to invite you into their conversations and the things mm-hmm. that they want to talk about, which is so weird for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that's, that's getting harder and harder, and maybe some of that's just coming with age too, but... If we, if we need a shift in youth ministry, uh, a radical shift possibly, why is that so scary for churches? Like, why are we so tied to how we do what we do? I mean, I think for, for me, for part of it, so I'm a parent, three young kids, and my kids are youth group age yet, seven, four, and two, but uh, I think part of the shift that needs to really happen has more to, has a lot to do with the family, right? And so... Uh, for, a, for a long time, and I think youth ministry is recognizing this, and experts are saying this too, but like, for a long time, we were kind of like, hey, just give us your kids, we'll, we'll teach them how to love Jesus, and then we'll give them back to you, right? That's not working, <laughs> and so we're seeing that, and so uh, I think it's scary for churches and for parents, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, then that means that's on me, right? So we know that, that parents are the number one spiritual influence in their student's life, and so how do we then, I think, shift our ministries to where we are actually partnering with and helping, kind of coming alongside parents instead of being the, the main place where, where parents are like, here, we're dropping them off. What time are we going to be back? Okay, cool. When they come back, they're going to be a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, no, you nailed it. It's very indicting for parents uh, when, when you really try to put like a mirror back on the way they're parenting or the way that they're championing chaos in their kid's life. And I, I just... I really think that parents are not only applauding, but they're spending billions of dollars pumping their kids full of any number of things that seem like good things, and a lot of them are good things. And I love this quote from Oswald Chambers from My Utmost for His Highest. He says, the greatest enemy of the life of faith is not sin, but good choices which are not quite good enough. The good is always the enemy of the best. 
And I, I just, I think so few parents um, have the guts right now to say there's something that's best for my student. And regardless of what everybody else is choosing for their student, um, I'm gonna choose to pour this into my student. E- even if it means I have to sacrifice this, even if it means I have to say I was wrong for five years of taking them to dance four nights a week because I wanted them to be the cheerleader I never was. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that looks like, I just, I, I think a lot of parents really, really struggle um, to have what it takes to do something that radical. And so a lot of us are willing to do something radical. I think so many student ministers want nothing more than to venture off into something that's totally different or totally new. Um, And yet the number one thing that usually, I think, held me back from feeling like I could innovate in moments when I wanted to was parents. it, It wasn't that the Spirit wasn't pushing or leading me to do something. I was fearful to do something with that because of how I thought parents or maybe, you know, other ministry staff might respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, we, and uh, Dr. Smith talked about the two cultural liturgies, right? So the, the things that, have, that maybe even aren't bad, right? We talked about sports, new sports culture, right? Those aren't bad things. We want our students to do hard things. But when we are throwing students into this continuously hectic cycle of more and more and more and more. One of the things that I think that is radical, but that isn't really radical, is that we do need to return to some old ways, right? Like we've been Mm -hmm. creating programs and events and trying to entertain our students into the church. And then, yeah, sure, they may show up, but like something that I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed this, when I was in the youth group, right, I went to Memorial Church of Christ, that was my youth group. But anymore, Students are going wherever their friends are going or whatever's going on, right? Oh, they're doing this thing over there tonight. That's where I'm headed. So there's not really like a, not a brand loyalty, I guess if you want to call it that, but it's just like, well, where can I be the most entertained tonight? Do you remember getting stickers for bringing your Bible to church? <laughs> um, so maybe like one of the neatest things that I've seen in ministry in the last several years was uh, a, an idea I got from a friend in Austin that started this thing called the Bible Initiative. And basically they had every student, every time they met to study the Word, use that same Bible, and they were going to use it all seven years and take it with them when they graduated, and they would leave it at church so they never forgot it. And it, and it stays there so that when, they, when they're there, they always have the Bible. It has their name on the spine. And I love this idea, but I was scared to death to implement because I f- was afraid of sounding old school. Like, no, we're just, no phones allowed. And I kid you not, it took one year of every lesson starting saying, everybody go get your Bible. Go grab your Bible off the cart. Visitors, there's visitor Bibles. Grab one of the red ones, follow along and taught with it and would tell them underlying things right in it and they were journaling bibles with the margins within a year's time it was one of the most beautiful things i'd ever seen when i would teach a bible lesson to students and there and nobody was on their phones and i remember those days of just constantly like looking down at a kid giving them the look <laughs> as i'm like continuing like staring and they're like oh turn off my game and uh, i never had to ask students after that culture just totally changed so there are some ancient things that I think will f- people will forever be hungry for um, when, it's, when it's put before them in a way that um, I, you just allow them to understand how good it is. Uh, one of my fears in student ministry has, for at least the last several years, has been that student ministry classes, all the programming, the trips that we're providing um, could possibly be feeding the consumer mindset. And, uh, and so one of my worries is that as, as we try to create so many things for these students and compete with Fortnite and all these other things that they love, like we got to make it just as awesome. You won't. I, I, your classes will not be 
as slick and awesome as whatever the new thing is that they love to do on their phones. Um, it, it, so letting go of some of that and starting to realize, you know, we just recently, uh, the Hills has made a shift away from Sunday morning class. And, and I mean, we're right in the middle of like the first year of innovating a totally new model there that is scaring a lot of parents to death. And, and they're hanging on so tightly to something that for so long that they've known that and thought that that was the best thing for their student to have a second hour of Bible study every week, um, not, not really admitting that's not been working for a long time. And so as we ventured off and tried to start creating this new culture on Sundays of you will serve and contribute in this church every single week. Uh, we, whatever your giftedness is, whatever you want to do, we want everyone to feel like you're needed and you have a purpose that's bigger than come and sit in a class. And, that, and that's just rocking some parents and some students' worlds right now. And we don't have great buy-in, but man, the thought of raising my sons in a church where when they leave and, and they go off on their own as young men, they know there's an expectation in a church and there's a relationship that's bigger than just the student ministry. Because now, guess what they all do when they come back? They all go straight down to the student center so awkwardly as college students. They don't know where to go. And, and, and that's, you know, that was their whole experience right. was like yeah. we created this. Consu- it's like that's where they got everything. Mm-hmm. And so the thought of them coming back and they know all these adults. They, they've worked in the parking lot for years. When they're home for Christmas break, all they want to do is be out in the parking lot welcoming guests or whatever their ministry was. I'm excited to see if that can catch on and if parents can say, no, yeah, I'm, I'm raising a contributor in this church, not a consumer. But a lot of parents are consuming at church. That's right. So if they're not yeah. contributing at church, why would their kids ever contribute? So yeah. uh, let me ask just a follow-up for, for some that might be unfamiliar with the move y'all are making. So there's no Sunday morning class. You have multiple services. Yeah. And so there is a call maybe not to do class, but what is the call to now? Yeah, come worship for one hour. You can pick any of those four services on the weekend and then go serve for an hour. Go help with the kids. A ton of the students love working with kids. I remember doing puppets. We don't do puppets anymore. They're we just started school. a puppet ministry. Well, maybe they do have puppets. I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> we do like, have one. you know, the thought of those students coming, they worship with their parents, and then a lot of them go teach a class with their parents for children. It's really cool. I mean, a whole family of four or five is my little son, Asher, um, that whole family knows him, and they sent him a care package for the summer while they weren't teaching in there because they take a break in the summer or whatever, and it was so cool that that whole family sees him every time at church. They know him, and it's the daughters and the parents all together. Really, really special. And then Wednesday night, we have student programming. So they still get to be together as students, and parents are like, they're not going to have their friends. They're not going to, and I'm like, They've, uh, they, so you do they have, have their friends constantly right here. Yeah, you do have Bible class for babies through fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. and then you have uh, Bible class Wednesday nights mm-hmm. for students. Yep, and then and then do you do something on Sunday evenings? Yeah, they have small groups. So that's that's just the way to take like the bigger group and drill mm-hmm. it down and make it smaller. You know, they like, still have that community aspect. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, I would say like this generation, maybe for not even just just generation. I, people living in our culture currently, like we have a really hard time trying to figure out how to live out our faith in an increasingly skeptical culture, right? And so by doing something like this, you're like, okay, yeah, your, your faith is actually more than sitting in a Bible class. It's about this community that you're a part of and serving these people and, and doing those things and then also having them pour into you, right? So, so yeah, and think how, about it. This is, statistically, this is the loneliest, most depressed, yep, most yep. medicated generation yeah. yet. And yet, to find a way to get them to realize that community and relationship, being invested, being connected, is what church is all about. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't. I just feel like a used car salesman sometimes. Like I'm trying to convince them that this is good for them, right. and yet you know they just seem so unhealthy at times. And you think, man, how do I cast this vision? How do I help yeah. them to see we want you to be more than you are in this church community? Yeah, how do you help them catch a glimpse, right? Just a glimpse of the fact that, yes, they are made in the image of God, and that has all of these implications for who they are and the dignity they have, like we just heard it. Because I think, unfortunately, what has happened is our faith has become inconsequential, yeah. right? Like we've kind of heard throughout this conference, it's now it's, it's fire insurance. And so I, I literally asked this to a group of students. I said, hey, so, you know, what's the value in being a Christian or what, you know? in crickets, no one said a word, and then finally, kind of hesitantly, a student said, so I don't go to hell? Like, questioningly, like, like, that's it. And so, of course, when they get out of youth group and are done hanging out with their friends, why would I come back to this thing that really provides no value? I guess it's supposed to be good news, but that doesn't sound like good news for right now. It sounds like good news when I die. So, yeah, how do we help them connect the dots and all that? Uh, we're going to have to close up. I, All doom and gloom. This is good stuff. Yeah, this is good, good stuff. stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I wrote a, down a note when, when, I, when Luke Norsworthy was talking this morning um, that says something to the effect of youth ministry is going to have to move from being event-driven to more lifestyle mentorship, discipleship. discipleship. Mm. Uh, and there's, that's going to be a big shift for us, and it's going to look differently. But what's amazing about that is that's what God told us it should look like. Yeah. Like Deuteronomy 6. Talk about these things with your kids. When they lie down, when they wake up, when they walk along the road. Model it. Talk about it. Make it intentional. <laughs> like, he's probably looking at us going, hey guys, I, I told you it all the way back in yeah. Deuteronomy. You know, don't you remember? Fair enough. Yeah. So, so, yeah. You know, so here we are at conference, Gen Z, what are we going to do? And it's sitting in Deut- Deuteronomy. Yeah. Don't ever right. tell the host I said this. But <laughs> this what is being would recorded happen? on a podcast. Uh oh. Just don't have Rick listen. Rick, turn off the <laughs> podcast right now. What would happen if a church had no student pastors anymore? That was one of the questions. You know, what, what, what yeah. would it look like if we worked ourselves out of a job because we had empowered so many parents and other adults in the church to realize I want to walk alongside students? I want them to come teach Bible class. I want to teach them how to do what I do and how I serve and how I love. Um, and primarily that parents would take that on, but even for those that didn't have parents living that out, that other adults would see the value in saying, we should all be student ministers. If you want Gen Z to do anything legit, you better be pouring in something pretty legit to them, or you can't expect any different in your church. Um, So I know you all want young people to be killing it in your church. Well, what are you doing to really make that whole generation a bigger part of your yeah. church and help that generation be more than just a group that sits in a Bible class in this wing that you painted really <laughs> cool for them at the so other end of the building. off. Yeah, and just before, as we close, like, it's going to be challenging, right? But we also need to challenge them. I think sometimes we, we've set our expectations way down here. And as we saw today from some of these people that got those contributor awards, like, they're capable of so much more, right? And I think part of the challenge and the scariness is that means that I, I'm also capable of those things. With, but that's going to require something of me, right? It's going to require this posture. And I, 
then that opens me up to a whole bunch of stuff. So as parents, as ministers, as teachers, we've got to help them uh, and invite them into the conversation, right? The conversations we're having, we have to be open to those conversations. And then this generation, more than any other, has access to information. Like, as a teacher, my students can probably find more information online and teach themselves in half the time that I try and teach in a classroom, right? So now, as a minister, as a teacher, I've got to figure out a way to help them navigate that information because not all of it's true. Right, we talked yep. about that, yep. um, and so it's at their fingertips. But we just remain faithful, right? Continue your practice. It's going to be messy, and then walking alongside them through that. Thanks, guys. Y'all, yep. thank you. Made, y'all are big influencers in my life, so I just want to thank you personally. Let's give them a round of applause. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, please hit subscribe and follow our podcast. It's important that we continue these relevant conversations for Christian education.